Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Full Cripplet Sports Show. I really hope you guys are doing well. I am recording this on the evening of Wednesday, September 22nd. So I really hope you guys are having an amazing evening. I really hope you guys had an amazing day. Um, this will be up in the morning of Thursday, September 23rd. I have to see when I'm upload when I'm editing this, when I'll end up uploading, but um I hope you guys when you guys are watching this or listening, I guess I should say, hope you guys have a great day when you guys are listening to this. Um uh, and have a uh great great day. So thank you guys so much for the support recently. Uh you guys are incredible, really. You guys are awesome. Just recently recorded with Maddie Ice Media of Dripping Sports with Maddie Ice. And uh, what a, a great person he is for coming on. Uh, he was a fantastic guest on the Patriots Post Report. If you guys missed that, yes, I actually do have two podcasts. If you guys would like to go check that one out, I will leave the uh, link. Not the link for it. I will leave the title of it and everything down below, and you can listen to it wherever you get your podcast, as well as Matty Ace himself. You can listen to him wherever you get your podcast. I'm um, starting this new thing where every time I get a guest, that very next episode I will post um, their their uh, their I'll shout out their podcast and what who they are and stuff on in my bio. So make sure to check out the bio link, uh, the bio and the episodes and stuff as it it will help you guys out and will help me out as well. So I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, I love you guys for everything. You guys are great. Let's get into today's episode, and yeah, this should be fun. So, the first thing we have here is, so I actually, this is coming out from today, a uh, very interesting topic. You have linebacker Jamie Collins is a, reportedly being explored trade, you know, be, it's, a, it's being explored a trade, uh, a trade from the Lions the Lions specifically are exploring trade options. I should have worded that a little bit better, but the Lions are exploring trade options with that involve Jamie Collins. So, um, so he obviously New England lets him kind of walk in free agency. Lions pick him up, and um, it, it's. There's already trade trade um, possibilities here coming up. Now, honestly, I didn't expect this to happen. I expected him to kind of play out the full season with Detroit. I didn't think this would happen. But he, there's already, you know, this is going on already. Ian Rappaport, obviously, the one to report on this. And um, like always. Uh, but if you don't know too much about Jamie Collins, Obviously, he's a former fourth-round pick from Port from oh, I can't speak. A former fourth-round draft pick from Purdue, and um, he was listed as a did not participate for today Wednesday's practice because of a quote personal matter. Then Dan Campbell comes in and says, "Hey, you know." Following Monday night's loss to the Packers, Dan Campbell goes in and kind of addresses the linebacker core and kind of says, hey, 
you know, as it relates to Jamie Collins and linebacker Derek Barnes, says, quote, Jamie, look, Jamie had some mistakes. It wasn't certainly his best performance. And, yeah, I think Barnes deserves a shot, end quote. So, obviously, kind of hinting at Derek Barnes getting the, the number one nod there. And then, obviously, I move on from Jamie Collins after some mistakes and maybe not what they're looking for overall with Jamie Collins at this point, which, honestly, I would maybe give it a couple more weeks. But, I mean – we know the Detroit Lions aren't the greatest at, well, they're not the greatest at management sometimes. So, I mean, that might come into play here. But originally, when he came to the Lions, it was a three-year, $30 million contract in March of 2020. And this perfectly mirrors my whole thing on even a contract doesn't guarantee you nothing. And I know you're never actually guaranteed anything. But if this doesn't prove that right here, I don't know what will. Third, three years for $30 million. And this was in March of 2020. This is when he um, last, you know, this is when the Lions signed him. So, um, again, I we're only, I mean, yeah, he played all of 2020. He played, you know, obviously 2020 with the, with the Lions. I mean, yeah, and, and and that's the reason why I said, yeah, I mean, give it a couple more weeks because we're only two games into 2021, but I, I don't think they're going to. Oh, yeah, I, I kind of missed out a little bit on his contract. It was three years, $30 million, $30 million in total with $18 million guaranteed of that. And then it was a restructure this past offseason that reduces cap hit because of, of course, the whole – you guys know of the whole um, uh, salary cap debacle that was going on and they kind of added they they reduced this cap hit for what it would hit at and then added a couple of avoidable years as well on his contract so that was also reported by nfl networks mike garofolo and he made 101 tackles for the line in 2020 with three forced fumbles in a sack that was kind of what his season looked was kind of looking that and then he also had 10 stops while starting both of Detroit's games thus far. So already 10 stops on the year. And Jamie Collins, don't get me wrong, he's still a he's still he he's definitely on the back end of his career. Don't get me wrong. He is. But I think, you know, and I touched on this a little bit with Matty Ice on Patriots Post Report that, you know, in a different topic that with about Dante Hightower, maybe be, you know being on the back end of his career, he's still someone that you, that, you know, as a threat on a defense and someone that you would still not want to face. And that's kind of someone like Jamie Collins, like, yeah, he's on the back end, but he's still someone that, you know, you would fear facing because he's still someone that has that, you know, high intelligence when it comes to football, has a high IQ with football, you know, can read a play, read it like a book, knows where to be, and, yeah, you make mistakes. I mean, not everyone's perfect. Tom Brady makes mistakes, for God's sake. Rob Gronkowski makes mistakes. Antonio Brown makes mistakes. You know, all these big-name guys. Um, Julian Edelman made mistakes when he was in the NFL. So, you know, there's a lot of things that kind of go into that. And so, but, you know, I don't know 
what happens here with Jamie Collins. I'd like to see him go somewhere where he can actually succeed. Um, obviously, a team like the Lions, you're not really I, – I don't feel like they're going to really bring out your full potential um, when, it, when it comes to being great. I know that, again, he's already passed his greatness stage, but he still is a great player to have but he's passed as like that prime great stage. But um, I think even being on the back end of one's career, you can still have potential that is shown. And I just feel like the Lions aren't really that team. The Lions are getting better, but they're not like that team that's really going to bring out your full potential, even if you're on the back end of your career and have been playing for a while and you've had plenty of great years. Excuse me, drink up some water. But yeah, I mean... Just kind of wrapping it up here. Again, I don't think the Lions are that good at it. And I don't know how long it'll take. I guess that's kind of something that, you know, just kind of comes in with their environment and their culture. And that's just not something that they're the greatest at. But they they, they are a tough team, though. They are really good. So let me know what you guys kind of think about this. I'm, I'm kind of curious myself what you guys have to say about all of this stuff. And, uh, yeah, just let me know. Uh, that takes me into the next thing here where we talk about the Chicago Bears and the whole quarterback situation going on. So as you guys know, Andy Dalton gets hurt. And this past Sunday, uh, starts the game, plays it, gets injured. Justin Fields comes in. It's just now been known that Andy Dalton, with his knee injury, will be out this Sunday. So he will be out this Sunday for their game. And um, that leaves Justin Fields into play. So, and when you look at their depth chart right now, obviously Andy Dalton's out. That just leaves Justin Fields to start. And then Nick Foles will be his backup. Now, here is my whole thing on Justin Fields. I mean, you go to look at his stats right now real quick. And... It's not – I mean, I know he's barely even played either, but he's thrown – in this last game, he threw – when he did start playing, he threw for 70 yards and threw one pick. His quarterback rating was 7.3 because he barely got the throw. But throws a pick. Now, I didn't really get to watch the game. I didn't really – my eyes weren't really on that game, so I didn't really – it was on TV. I just didn't really pay te- I, I didn't really pay much attention to it. I watched it. I kind of skipped back and forth a little bit, but I was kind of mainly on the Steelers game a little bit, so I didn't really. Again, I didn't really get to watch it. But when you look at Justin Fields, he's not someone. And based on what I also saw in preseason two, he's he's really not someone that I'm thoroughly impressed with. I think that you know. He, he is good. He's a good quarterback, but I, I just don't think he's ready. I simply do not think he's ready. I think that Nick Foles, because I, I, when I look at this Bears team, I don't look at it as, I don't look at them as being a team that like, they, I don't look at them as being a team that they need to win right now. I think that they should stay in a rebuilding stage to kind of just like, 
get used to what they're going to be transitioning into. Not like rebuild as in like, you know, getting rid of everyone. But I mean, as far as like, they're still within that transition period, I think. And I think that that's a, uh, a period that they should stay in just because I don't feel like Justin Fields is ready. And based on what I've seen in preseason and then what I've seen even up to this point, you know, with highlights and stuff, I just – I simply do not think he's ready. I think that he rushes some of his – and he's made some good throws. Don't get me wrong. I'm not completely here to bash him. I'm not, I'm not trying to do that at all. He's made good throws. He's made smart plays. But I feel like, like a lot of these rookies do – and this is where I feel like Mac Jones kind of stands out the most and separates himself is Mac Jones makes some yeah, – he's, he's made some, some bad mistakes. He's made some rookie mistakes as well because he's not he's, – he's human. He's not perfect. But, you know, Mac Jones I feel like has been a lot more poised and a lot more um, – a lot more kind of laid back, whereas I feel like Justin Fields has made really, really smart throws and really, really good throws and good reads, but he's also made throws where he just shouldn't have thrown it and he just kind of he just kind of rushes it and just kind of forces it. And I feel like that's a common thing with a lot of these rookies that always come in as quarterbacks. They just simply throw it up just because and hope that someone will grab it. Uh, they just kind of throw it up for a prayer and hope to kind of see who gets it. And they just kind of lob it up there, and yeah, and they just they just throw one out. And I feel like Justin Fields does that, and every once in a while, as well as the good throws. But I, I just I really don't think he's ready. I think that like a lot of people, he needs to be behind a veteran, and obviously he's behind two with Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. Andy Dalton more than Nick Foles, but you know Nick Foles is someone you can learn from as well. They're not in win now right now. I, I truly think they should stay in transition mode. And like I've said earlier, and just I, I really think they should have played Nick Foles. But, you know, Justin Fields also needs to be able to get some um, some reps as well. And, you know, potentially learn the hard way playing in a game, trying to learn what's going to happen. But going into the article here, you have Justin Fields making his official start on Sunday against the Browns. And with Andy Dalton hurt, obviously, with the knee injury, that leaves him out. And Nick and, excuse me, Justin Fields will be in. This announcement is coming in days after Matt Nagy declined to reveal the Week 3 starter. <coughs> excuse me. And he was not scheduled to speak to the media Wednesday at all says it was important to, quote, move forward and make the announcement that Justin Fields would would actually then proceed to start. Matt Nagy says of Justin Fields saying, quote, he prepares well, first time to truly prepare as a starter, end quote. And, th- and I want to also say this, too. I'm not trying to, again, I'm not trying to sit here and bash Justin Fields saying that, you know, acting like I don't like him. He's a great quarterback. He plays well. But – my thing is, is everyone gets caught up on because they're such a high draft pick, they need to play right away. And I, I kind of touched on this a little bit with Maddie Ice on my second pod, Patriots Post Report, saying like, 
I, I, again, touched on it really briefly, but want to kind of deep dive in a little bit here because just because they're a a um a first round draft pick and a high draft pick at that um doesn't mean that they should immediately start because a lot of these quarterbacks go to teams that need them and are trying to rebuild after having an awful year like Jacksonville they go 1 in 13 1 in 1 in 15 excuse me they go 1 in 15 and they don't win any more games and then they get the number 1 draft pick obviously because of the jets having to go 2 and 2 and 14 listen i don't think that Justin Fields I don't I don't hate on Justin Fields like I'm saying like basically is the whole thing with this but and that's what I was just trying to get into this with is like I just wanted you guys to know that first of all I just I really want you guys to know I'm not hating on Justin Fields here I'm just trying to say that you know don't feel like they need to just you know have to be instantly starting because they're such a high draft pick. Every quarterback needs time to learn behind anyone. And I understand not every team has a has a um has a veteran quarterback that can teach the rookie. I understand that. So sometimes that's not possible, but give them you know, time to prepare and try to prepare them really well in practice. You know, do do everything that they possibly can. And I just, I think also what it has to do with this too is a lot of these teams just aren't good at developing quarterbacks. They can be the greatest quarterback coming out of college, but they might not be that good because, but they could still fold in the NFL and just it can all come crashing down because they don't have good development because they're not because they got drafted by a team that doesn't have uh, that doesn't have with a staff that doesn't have very good development skills to develop this quarterback to an NFL caliber quarterback from college and so I, I also think that's also a big problem too and I don't think based on with what happened with Mitch Trubisky the Bears aren't good at doing that and. Mitch Trubisky, I think, could have became something special. But I also think that he's a bust, too. And maybe he will prove to be something one day. I don't know. But, you know, I, I just that's just kind of something that, you know, and maybe Justin Fields will surprise me. I, I really think he needs a little bit more time. But, you know, he, he also might. I don't know. But kind of getting um, – let me know also, just before we move on, let me know what you guys also think about this down below. Do you guys think I'm being a little bit too hard on him? Do you guys think he's ready? Do you guys also think he needs more time? Kind of just let me know here. I'm, 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 I am curious to know. Or, yeah. So that brings me into our next topic of discussion. And that happens to be Ben Roethlisberger. So, this is actually kind of coming as a surprise. So this last game against the Las Vegas Raiders, coming in off that loss, he apparently didn't know about it. 
But he ended up getting an injury on his left pec, on his left pectoral. And what he says is, quote, when I reach for something outside the framework of my body or when I push up off the ground, end quote, it hurts. Saying, again, going to add, going to do everything I can, end quote, to be, to play Sunday against the Bengals. So he doesn't know how he did it, just said that when he goes to reach or whatever, it, it hurts him. And so that, 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 you know, it, it adds a lot when you think of it. It it makes all of the difference in the world when you look at it, if he can play or not, because even with big Ben this season, right. As of right now, I'm going to be honest. It's not looking the, the, the Bengal, the Steelers just, they have a little, a little ways to go to figure out their offensive identity. Um, I think even with Big Ben, so, you know, this makes all the difference in the world, whether he plays or not against the Bengals. And I know the Bengals aren't that, you know, aren't that, um, uh, aren't that threatening either of the team to face, but, you know, also having a struggling Jamar Chase trying to hang on to footballs and stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. But, yeah, so... I'm interested to see what happens here. I don't know. They're not really getting too in-depth with how it, with how it's looking here, but supposedly he injured it again against the Raiders, and it, it must have been – they did get to Big Ben a lot, so it could have been after one of the fall, after getting landed on maybe. But uh, what happened in the game, just to kind of relay the basics of it, the Raiders get two sacks on Big Ben, also forcing two turnovers caused by pressure on Big Ben. Uh, all because he's hard to take down doesn't mean he can't get. Doesn't mean he can't get up. Doesn't mean he can't fold because of the pressure in the game. And it, it kind of just proves that right there. But yeah, so again, I, I, I really hope he can play because I think even with Big Ben, like I said, they're just not playing all that great right now. They have a run game, and, and I've discussed this also with Matty Ice as well. They have a run game. It's just, it's seemingly not there. It's, it's, it's like you can see it with their running backs. You can see it. It's just not going anywhere. Like, it's just not... It's not taking off. Like, you have Najee Harris, right? Rookie, great. But it's just – and they'll have little bursts. It's just – it's not it's not taking off. And I think the last time we've ever just seen a consistent run game that actually was effective for the Steelers was obviously Le'Veon Bell um, back when they had him. And so, like, a consistent, decent run game. Like, you were scared of their run game. I think, honestly, that was the last time we've ever seen anything that great out of their run and offense. And I just – I would like to see it be able to take off again for them, and I really hope it can. I guess it kind of just – you know, obviously it is only two – you know, going into the third game here, so it is, you know, take it how you want and just kind of – you know, you got to find your identity still. Every team's trying to find their identity. That's something they'll figure out, I'm sure – it's Mike Tomlin, Big Ben. Everyone will kind of figure it out, and I, I think it'll eventually kind of 
you know, work itself out and they'll work, work out all the kinks and make it a consistent run game that is always, you know, constantly a threat. That's something that you actually have to really uh, worry about. So, but I think as of right now, that's something to, you know, it's definitely something to look. I'm not saying like, oh, you know, don't look at their run game. Like definitely do because they have Najee Harris. He's a beast. Um I'm just saying that, you know, it's definitely something they got to find their identity, just like a lot of these other teams. And, you know, it's something they'll kick out. So that takes me into Big Ben's stats as well, into that game. He goes 27 of 40 on, on his completions, throwing for almost 300 yards, goes for 295 on a 67 completion percentage, which isn't god-awful. It is pretty damn good. And then he goes one for one on touchdowns and interceptions, takes two sacks, and has an 87 QB rating that game. So overall, not bad. Uh, yeah, through that pick as well, that was under pressure, caused by one of the pressures, did get pressured a lot. So I'm sure that's where the peck injury did come from. But, um, yeah, let me know what you guys think of Big Ben and their, kind of their whole offense. Do you guys think it will kind of take off this year? Or do you think it'll kind of end how last year did? Um, again, they last year they started out really, really hot, and it kind of just started to fold a little bit. So let me know what you guys think about the Steelers. I, I am genuinely curious. And that takes me into our next thing here with Tua Tego Viola. He has officially been ruled out for week three. So he fractured his ribs in the last game that they played. And he, will, again, will not be able to play this week's week three matchup against the 2-0 Las Vegas Raiders. Jacoby Brissett is set to take the starting role for the game for the Miami Dolphins. Brian Flores has announced today, Wednesday, that after the further testing, it did reveal that Tua Tego Viola has fractured ribs from the Week 2 loss in Buffalo, taking a 35-0 loss, by the way, 35-0. Brian Flores says, quote, we decided to run some more tests. We ran them, and we got this information. It's unfortunate. I don't want to put a timetable on it. He's taking it day to day, end quote. Officially taking him off for week three. Kind of went a little bit mum considering Tua on the injured reserve, not wanting to get into that right now. Kind of just going into say it's, quote, week to week. Uh, yeah, you don't, I mean, obviously he's on the, he started, you know, on the 53 man roster. So even if he wasn't IR, he would be eligible to return after week three. So it's, it's, it's not like it's season ending. Like it used to be, you had to be out for the whole year. It's not like that at all. Uh, so he could play uh, either way. It wouldn't really matter all that much, but it's unfortunate for the Dolphins, obviously, being one and one right now, beat New England. You know, then they lose to the Bills. Now they're going in against the Raiders, and the Raiders are looking kind of hot right now. Early on, uh, they're, they they kind of you know they're not completely selling me yet, but you know they're they might if they continue to play well. Um, beating the Ravens is a pretty tough thing to do, so you know it, it's it's possible. But uh, with Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, his stats kind of went like this. He completed one of four on his passes and threw for 13 yards and then obviously took two sacks before 
leaving the game. Right tackle Jesse Davis for the Dolphins says, quote, I feel pretty bad. Anytime you see your quarterback go down and it's your fault, it's a bad deal. And quote, yeah, I mean, there's always something everyone could do a little bit better. Obviously, it's blocking, of course, on the offensive linemen. And then it's also just the unfortunate thing of football. You know, it's just it's how football is and it's stuff that happens. And unfortunately, it just they were on the wrong side of the coin there. And Tua Tagovailoa is the one that just ended up getting it. So it, it, it is really unfortunate. But Hey, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break, and when we return, we will kind of finish out the remainder of our topics, and we will wrap up the episode. So we will be right back. All right, guys, welcome back from the break. So we just got done talking about uh, Tua Tagovailoa and getting injured. And, um, yeah, so and that he'll be out for week number three and that they're going to be starting Jacoby Brissett. So that is a very, very interesting topic. And that leads me, and let's get into the next topic here. So next thing we have here uh, for discussion is uh, – for dis- <laughs> uh, shoot, I make myself laugh whenever I record. Anyway, Broncos defensive end – Bradley Chubb with an ankle injury will be undergoing surgery. So that is actually really, really huge for the Broncos for their defense as it is. They have a, they have a pretty solid defense. I'm not going to lie. They really do. And that's why it's a little bit scary to see that Bradley Chubb will be going under some surgery. And so what happened was he re-injured his ankle Sunday against the Jags. Bradley Trouble would reportedly be going underneath a arthroscopic procedure Wednesday on his ankle. That was today, actually, in hopes to return this season. Announced through the team on Tuesday, saying, quote, I'm going to push everything I can to get back to these games, and hopefully it's sooner rather than later. My mindset is just going to be attack at 100% every day, end quote. And that's a pretty solid mindset to have after such an injury like that that could potentially threaten your um that could potentially threaten your you know your season uh if you want to say it like that so that is really really unfortunate and i do say the broncos because i I do see them as kind of like a a team that's kind of on the come up again Uh, i see a little bit I, i see a lot of potential in this bronco team for sure and I do think their defense is relatively solid. Yeah, it's got a little – I mean, like every defense, it's got a little wacky points. But I think overall the Broncos' defense should be some should be something that you definitely take in consideration when you go to play them and, you know, not, not think it's going to be some easy game to win. But Bradley Chubb kind of goes on to say about it, saying, quote, clean it up and scope it out. Is as far as how it's, you know, kind of how he's going to take it. So Tom Pilicero does end up talking about it, reporting on the timetable, saying, yes, it really does depend on the surgery. You really cannot just – it's it's so easy to be like, yeah, I'm going to aim to come back this season, but then the you know, God forbid, have something happen in surgery, and it's like, okay, well, now there's a setback. And, um, what you know, how it's also all how your body reacts to it and then how your body also reacts to the medicine because your body's not always going to – you know, play it, you know, and go through it the way that you want it to um, just because. 
So Bradley Chubb in his rookie season back in 2018 played four games, also in only 2019 due to a torn ACL. And then his 2020 research, return, excuse me, also only seen him play 14 games. And then, of course, missing the season opener with an ankle injury. And then tweaked that in his debut, which only then just to see him tally one tackle in only 19 snaps. So he played 19 snaps to only get one tackle. So it's safe to say that he's been kind of injury snubbed right at the very moment. And although they're 2-0, you know, although, yeah, and to make it, to kind of hit on the Broncos defense once again, you know, minus the Bradley Chubb injury, it took out their, you know, their 2-0 start is that now you have their linebacker, Josie Jewell. Josie Jewell now out for the season because of a torn peck. So, yeah, it's a little bit shaky for them, but I, th- I think they'll, you know, be able to push through. And it's going to be rough, though, not having Bradley Chubb. Obviously, he makes a, a, a pretty big difference. And, uh, yeah, so that's definitely – so that definitely sucks. And then – wait, what the heck? Hold up. Did I add this twice? I think <laughs> – no way. I added the same article twice. How smart am I? That's fantastic. <laughs> I have never done that before. That's a new one, actually. Whenever you think of uploading a podcast and doing a podcast, there's always a bunch of things that you never would expect yourself to do and that you actually do do them. That was a first for me. Holy crap. Okay. That just happened. (laughs) Well, I was going to end up reporting on it twice. You're welcome. I saved you guys from having to hear the same thing twice. I'm sure I would have picked up on it, but still, it would have been an embarrassment. And it still kind of was just knowing the fact that I now told you guys and that I had to see that for myself. So that is a little bit disappointing. Although I was talking to a friend when I was doing this, kind of setting up, so it's it's also his fault. Shout out to Zach. That's your fault, bud. Anyway, the very last thing we have to talk about is Jarvis Landry. So he gets a knee injury and has been placed, unfortunately, on the injured reserve. So, but, you know, you also got to look at their... New thing, the, the the NFL's new the new kind of rule here is before. Remember, with injured reserve, you had to be out for the full season. As long as you're on the team after the 53 man roster, as being a part of the official roster, you are only out. You are eligible to return for at least three weeks. So Jarvis Landry could return. I believe that there's also a deadline still uh, later in the season, but so Jarvis Landry. Placed on injured reserve Tuesday due to a knee injury. Will only have to miss at least three games. Played. This is kind of how his his, his season's going right now. Played two snaps in their win, thirty-one to twenty-one over the Texans. Before that MCL sprain, caught a screen pass from Baker Mayfield for the nine-yard gain. Before he injured his knee at the end of that play. Baker Mayfield kind of 
you know, missing out on a big target here, you know, with Jarvis Landry catching 236 passes for 2,990 yards and 13 touchdowns in the span of 2018 to 2020, and then just only missing one regular season game during that span. Now, that's actually some pretty solid stats considering that time span. So, yeah, Baker Mayfield, it's safe to say, is missing out on a, a, on a, on a top wide receiver. You know, when you look at that Browns team, definitely a top a top target for you if you're the quarterback. So, and you know, also Odell Beckham Jr. hasn't really been looking the same as of recently either. So that also places Jarvis Landry above him as well, at least for me. Uh, has, of course, not been the same. So anyway, guys, it looks like that'll be it for today's episode of the Full Court Blitz Sports Show. Thank you guys so much for kind of tuning in and being here. As always, I really do appreciate it. Uh, I hope you guys, again, also have a great rest of your day when you guys are uh, listening to this tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, so, again, thank you guys so much for the support. Go check out Maddie Ice Media wherever you get your podcasts. Also, make sure to check out the Patriots Post Report, my second podcast. We're also wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I would also appreciate it if you guys would leave the the main this main podcast as well as Patriots Post Report, a rating review that is always appreciated. To my knowledge, it is the rating feature is on Google and Apple Podcasts and an app called Good Pods. Make sure you guys go check out Good Pods. They're an incredible company. I've been working with them now for a little while. They generally are, I'm not just saying this to say this, they generally are just an amazing company and they're an amazing app. And they've they've grown a lot since I started working with them about a year and a half to two years ago. So they're amazing. Go check them out. Have a great day, guys. I will see you guys soon. Peace out.